This is the Ty Butler Show. For those keeping score at home, Hicks, who was just dumbfounded by the idea that he wasn't an everyday player, so far to start the season, 0 for 7, 3 strikeouts. The trio of Hicks, IKF, and Donaldson went a combined 0 for 10 tonight. Look, the reality is the Yankees are a top-heavy team, which is fine. That's where most of your power is going to come from. And But when the bottom of the year lineup is going to give you 0 to no production, it's going to be hard to win games. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Ty D. Butler, that's on Twitter and Instagram as well. 800-919-3776. Spent the entirety of the first hour on baseball. Yankees losing to the Phillies 4-1. to Mets getting just destroyed by the Brewers for the second straight night. They've been outscored 19 to nothing in the first two games of this series. So uh, that conversation is still on the table if you want to hit us up on the phone lines, 800-919-3776. But I did want to touch on football. Aaron Rodgers, I know we're all tired of talking about it. We want this thing to get done already so we can start looking ahead to next season. Officially, the draft just what, three weeks away, sneaking up on us. This is the first time I'm gonna be honest because I, I'm I'm pretty seasonal with my my sports love. If I had to rank it, like my my favorite sports, NBA clearly number one. I'd have NFL number two, baseball number three. But like during baseball season, like in the when the Yankees are making their run late, I'm all in on baseball. I don't really feel like I missed the NBA. When the Jet when the Jets are making their run, when the Jets are eliminated in September, and I'm focusing on other teams, I, I'm good with the NFL. I'm not thinking about other sports, so I so I move in you know the sequence with the seasons. But I gotta be honest with you, I'm missing football right now, and this is the earliest I've ever missed football, and it's only because I'm envisioning a Jet team going to Arrowhead. <laughs> in late January with a chance to get to the Super Bowl. But look, honestly, this is the most excited I've been entering a Jet season probably ever. Because you can say, well, 2009 went to the AFC Championship game. No one expected that. I know Rex talked a good game. Even in 2010, after they had gone to that AFC Championship game, when they were in the midst of going to another one, I didn't really expect that. Beating Brady and Manning in back-to-back weeks in the playoffs. But now that you have a guy who's going to instantly become the best player you've ever had, I am excited about that. I'm excited about the process of, of building this team. I'm excited about training camp and the draft and so on and so forth. That until, of course, we arrive at a, a, a take that I felt was so aggressively bad. It, 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 it gave me a headache trying to think of like all the mental gymnastics you, that Mike Tannenbaum did to get to where he was with this opinion. And like I love Mike T. Worked with him. He's a great guy. I just vehemently disagree with what he had to say. Sent Greeny into a frenzy, throwing his, his, his suit jacket on the ground. Here was what Mike Tannenbaum said about what the Jets should do during the draft. Draft Hedden Hooker, quarterback, University of Tennessee. Because I'm looking out for my friend Mike Greenberg, who's going to be a Jet fan in September of 2024. And as D. Wood had suggested as well, which is, look, Aaron Rodgers, we know it's a short-term marriage. Hopefully it all works out. But they got to also build for the future. And Hedden Hooker, to me, when it's all said and done, has unbelievable upside. And ideally, he, he sits a year behind Aaron Rodgers 
the quarterback position goes from a weakness to a strength. Okay. Hang on. So you mean to tell me that you are going to put all your eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket, do everything in your power to get him to come here, sell your soul, so to speak, to get Aaron Rodgers at age 39 to come play for a Jets team that has the longest active playoff drought in sports right now because the Kings are about to get to the playoffs. You mean to tell me you're going to do all of that to get Rodgers here and the first move you're going to make is one that doesn't help Aaron Rodgers? I mean, literally. Day one of the draft gets here. It's the first big decision you have to make. And you make a decision that if everything goes right next year, won't impact the Jets roster at all? That makes sense to you? You're going to draft a quarterback? Listen, if the Jets drafted a quarterback at number 13, fans should be allowed to become free agents and root for another team. Because this is that, that would be a colossal failure. And there are, there are so many reasons why this doesn't make sense. I mean, where do you begin? How, how are you worried about life after Rodgers before Rodgers even gets here? I mean, explain that to me. You, If you love the quarterback so much at 13, you know what? Take him and don't trade for Rodgers. If you love him that much at 13, you would have loved him weeks ago before Brian Hoyer signed wherever he signed, before Jacoby Brissett signed wherever he signed, and you would have signed one of those guys to come in, be a bridge gap, play for one year, and then we, we get this guy, Hendon Hooker, who we love, by the way, coming off a knee injury, to come in here and play for you. If you're trading for Aaron Rodgers, you're literally saying, bleep them picks. This isn't about the future. You you don't acquire a future Hall of Famer who's 39 years old, one of the greatest quarterbacks who's ever lived, and and, and prioritize or, or try to simultaneously build for the future. You're going all in to win a Super Bowl now. That, that 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 to me is just so outrageous. I don't even understand how there's an argument for you doing that. If you like the quarterback, draft him outright and don't trade for Aaron Rodgers. Or you take that pick and you trade it for Lamar Jackson. You you can't have it both ways. You can't build for the future while trying to go all in on now. It's a plan that's that that's wacky, it's clunky, and it just wouldn't work. And by the way, how did drafting a quarterback in the first round work out for the Packers? How'd that help that relationship between the front office and Rodgers? And he was right about it. It wasn't him being a diva. It's how are how are you telling me? How are you selling the fan base? How are you selling the 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 fifty three man roster on us trying to win a championship at all costs? And the first move you make in the draft, where you can drastically improve your team, is to trade up to draft my replacement. Where if all things all go well and according to plan, he doesn't even see the field for three years, which is exactly what happened. Well, now Jordan Love made the spot start because Rodgers had gotten COVID. But this is a guy who, if you're, if you are taking a quarterback at thirteen, what you're saying is, we believe we can win a championship. 
but with a guy who we who we he who we're gonna draft who would who come in and immediately have an impact on a team that can contend for a championship, the best case scenario is he doesn't play all year. Because if he plays, it means that Rogers got hurt, which is a disaster. Come on. Like that's just again, mental gymnastics to arrive at a bad take. That that's a horrible take. Hor- horrendous. You do everything in your power to give the quarterback you're trading for all the pieces he needs to win this upcoming season. You go all in on this year. That number 13 overall pick can be a pro bowler. That can be a tackle who comes in and and fills an obvious need based on what we saw last year. That, that it's so frustrating to listen to that, and I just don't understand like being so concerned about who the backup is. I, I like I heard callers you know calling into the station talking about Zach Wilson. Who cares if he's the backup? If if Rogers gets hurt, your season's shot anyway. Tell me the team in the league that their their title hopes doesn't take a significant drop if their starting quarterback gets hurt. Well, you got to be ready for if Rodgers gets hurt because your season goes down the drain. You can say that about any team in the NFL. If Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, you think the, the Chiefs are contending for a championship? If Joe Burrow goes down, you think the Bengals are, you know, their their season's not shot? If Jalen Hurts goes down, you don't think the Eagles' season isn't shot? You could say that about any team. Now, the difference with the Jets is Rodgers is at an advanced age at 39. But, again, if, if any team loses their starting quarterback, they're dead in the water. They're drawing dead. So I, at no point am I concerned about who the backup is. I'm not concerned about that. The only way you would be interested remotely in the backup quarterback situation is if you felt like you had a young guy in here a la Zach Wilson last year or Zach Wilson in his rookie season who you felt like could be best served being groomed by having a a veteran presence in the locker room and on the sidelines. Under no circumstance can you do everything in your power to get Rodgers here, acquire him, and then the first decision you make is to do something that literally doesn't help him out. Under no circumstance. None whatsoever. If you disagree with me, hit me up. 800-919-3776. Hit me up on Twitter, Ty D. Ball. I want to hear from you. Does that make sense to you, the Jets drafting a quarterback at 13? Because it doesn't to me. Maybe I'm missing something, so educate me. I don't think it's going to happen, but let's see what let, let's see what you can do. 800-919-3776. We're going until midnight right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Head to South Jersey where we go to chat with Dennis. What's up, Dennis? Hey, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well, man. I'm a little annoyed by my guy Mike Tannenbaum, but otherwise I'm doing uh, listen, pretty well. Listen, good, listen good. I, I'm so glad you hit on that. Mike Tannenbaum is a fraud, okay? Oh, Let no. me explain something to you about Mike Tannenbaum, okay? Mike Tannenbaum... When he had a good Jet team, Mangini built that team. They were his draft choice, okay? So when Rex took that team over, that team was ready to win. And then after that, Tannenbaum did not add any other players after that 
And that's why they're all out of there. He never delivered on like, – I mean, they had a good team. That's why they were good with Sanchez, okay, because they could run the ball real well and one of the best offensive and defenses – the best defensive, good offensive line going. But I, I, I listen to Mike Tannenbaum, too, and it drives me crazy because you – the way he talks, you would think he's Ozzie Newsom, horrible general manager, horrible. He rode Mangini's coattails. But that's not the point I wanted to make. I agree with you 100% on what you said about the backup quarterback. Who cares? Look around the league like you said. If one of these big-time guys go down, think about it. The only quarterback that came in last year to carry the team was Cooper Rush. Even when Jalen Hurd got hurt, Minshew did not look good at all. He didn't. He did not look good at all. And even Cooper Rush was really carried by the defense. Cooper Rush just didn't turn the ball over. The Cowboys weren't scoring a lot of points. It was the defense was carrying them. Right. And, but you're right about that. And at that point, I agree with you. And you know what? I don't care that Zach Wilson's the backup. I really don't care. They own his rights for three more years. I don't care. Let him learn something from him. I don't know if he's going to ever be good. It doesn't look good right now, but who cares? You know what? I love what Joe Douglas is doing. He's going to continue to build the team. He doesn't want to give the 13th pick up. He knows that what wins in the league is offensive and defensive lines. He's going to continue to add some more pieces to this team to help Aaron Rodgers and to build around that really good defense they have. I'm with it. I love what Joe Douglas is doing. What do you think? All right, listen, uh, he, outside, and I appreciate the call, he, he missed on the quarterback. The, you know, Denzel Mims, that was a debacle. Makai Becton, Makai Becton so far has been a bust. So he's hit on some and he's missed on some. Now, we can afford him because of the draft that he had last year with Brees Hall and, and, and Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson and how the team performed. We can afford him uh, another year and get an opportunity to maintain his job uh, predicated on them absolutely getting to the playoffs, which you would assume would happen if they get Aaron Rodgers. But I do think the jury is still out on Joe Douglas. I, I think he had a really good draft last year, but... He came in here to, to, you know, build that offensive line. Still hasn't happened yet. Missed badly on the quarterback in Zach Wilson. You missed you miss tremendously on that. Should not even be in this position where we're having to go to Aaron Rodgers to say, come rescue us. So that's got to fall on him, which is why this year, and the owner's not going to come out and say it, but there has to be a plan to playoff mandate, and that's for both the GM and the head coach who still have a, a, a ton of question marks that need to be answered. And I'm glad you brought up the the defense because I'm so tired of listening to you know people say that, that they fell apart. There's a misnomer happening with this Jet defense. When did the defense fall apart last year? When was it that they got exposed? Was it in Week 15 against the Lions when they gave up 20 points? You know, Detroit was the fifth scoring, fifth highest scoring team in the league. They held Detroit to 20 points. Six points fewer than their average. So was it that game that they got exposed? Or was it the following week where they held Jacksonville to 19? I, I, I don't understand this idea that the defense got exposed. We're talking about the fourth and five play from midfield against Detroit that lost them the game. And should that happen? No, that was a blown coverage. 
But I, I give them a lot of credit for what they did. Here's what I know. The Jets, during that six-game losing streak, held opponents to 20 points per game. That that would have been good enough for four. If you extrapolate that over the course of a season, that's fourth best in the, all, of the, all of football. And that's where the Jets finished last season. So I, I, I can't buy into this notion that the defense fell apart, they got exposed. No, the defense played really well. It just so happens that you, when you get zero quarterback play, sometimes you run out of gas. That game against the, the Patriots in Foxborough, they, they picked up six first downs. So maybe the defense was underrated. So to be that good with, with no quarterback, you deserve tremendous credit. I think they ran out of gas, and, and when you're on the field constantly and you're not being able to – be put in position where you take advantage of, uh, uh, of you know, a short field because your offense is playing well. It's just a recipe for disaster. But I, I, I thought they held their own. I didn't see any unit on that defense that got exposed. So I completely disagree with that. It's been a while. But we go to, to, the, to the Bronx, to the boogie down, the BX, to talk to my guy, Buddha. What up, Buddha? What's going on? The prodigal son is returned, baby. I haven't talked to you in a minute. How yo, you doing, it's been a long time, man, and I heard you on, on with Gordon and Larry, so I'm like, yo, he better pull up on me or we, we're going to have questions about this friendship. <laughs> what's what's going on, dog? Oh, How you doing? Stop it. I mean, you've been attacking me on Twitter. You understand what I'm saying? Because you are, you are as pessimistic of a Jeff fan that I can ever remember. You know what? I, I I take umbrage with that. You know why I say I, I'll say this, man. I'm you know, I, I'm 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 suspicious. I wouldn't say I'm pessimistic. I'm suspicious. I mean, you know, it's been it's been a lot of futility. So you know, until they get it right, you know, they've lost a little bit of equity me equity with me as a fan. I'm not even gonna lie about that. But you're not wrong about Mike T. And and when I say it's like you're not wrong about him in both ways. I love Mike T. Mike T is a good guy. I got a good, like, rapport with him, too. You know, uh, but you always got to remember, Mike T is not a kind of guy that's above making some crazy takes. Because last year, he told you Mac Jones was going to be the uh, MVP. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, I, did, I, I do remember that. How'd that age? Yeah, not well. And, and they're trying to trade him right now. <laughs> but they better you know, be trying look, to trade him. Listen, Bill Belichick, I, I know he's the greatest coach of all time, but... You can only have missing the playoffs in a row but so much before Kraft comes in and is like, hey, man, we might have to get you up out of here. Yeah. I mean, eventually, if they don't get Lamar Jackson, I think that's what they're trying to do. I mean, I don't really see them being competitive. But that's them. I ain't worried about them. They got plenty of rings, and they've had a good time at our expense. But now, look, and I love you to death, man. And I know you love Aaron Rodgers, and I know he's your favorite quarterback of all time. But sometimes that kind of stuff can skew our judgment. I'm going to give you an example. I remember when Mark was talking to you about Dr. J when he left the Nets. You know, when I was growing up, bro, in my house, you know, it was two people. They two, three centralized figures. It was, you know, Muhammad Ali, of course, Dr. J, and then it was Franco Harris. You know, those are my pops guys. I did what my pops did. You know, and then somewhere along the line, I, I did the stupid move and went to the Jets. But, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, a lot of times, especially with like our sports heroes that we love them, we like we remember them for what they were, and we don't necessarily see them for what they are. And when I say that, I'm not saying that he's not an upgrade. That of course he's an upgrade. Of course he makes the Jets legitimate. Of course he makes the Jets a playoff contender. But where I differ with you is, 
when you're looking at Aaron Rodgers, and this is the thing, like, Aaron Rodgers is way more talented than Tom Brady. But in a big game, you're going to always take Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers had a great running game. He had a pretty good defense when he had the other guy that we used to have here that used to work under Rex. I forgot his name. And he had Devontae Adams, which I'm sorry. I love Garrett Wilson. I call him Sugar Hill. If you ever see that movie, Sugar Hill, he looks just like that dude, um, Michael, whatever his name is. But he's not hes not Devontae Adams' level of receiver yet. So when we look at the team and we're like, all right, this instantly makes the Jets a Super Bowl contender, I got to pump the brakes on that because he was in a conference, bro, where he had clearly one of the top two or three rosters and the conference was weaker, but if you look at the last four to five years, his play, not the other team, he loves to throw his fans up, hands up with receivers and make faces with the young guys and all that. His play in those championship games at home, at home, where he had the better team, was not up to par. So now I'm looking at the landscape as AFC, and listen, I, I can't say he's better than Burrow. He's definitely not better than Mahomes. I mean, but that's the list. That's the list. That's the list right there, though. That's the list right there, Buddha. And look, I, I, I'm with you. What happens if Deshaun Watson comes back as a player? Come on. Okay, forget about that. Listen, the Cleveland Browns wake me up when they become a functional franchise. And Deshaun Watson, it's now been what two years since we saw him be good. I'm not saying he still doesn't have it in him. But that that's a long time since we've seen Deshaun Watson be good. There's 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 a chance that he'll return back to form, and we know when he's right, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But that's the list that we know for sure. It's Mahomes, it's Burrow, and then that's it. That those are the quarterbacks we know for sure are better than Rodgers. That's it. Allen, Allen, Allen at this stage of his uh, career. Come on, in terms of youth. Josh Listen, Allen he hasn't accomplished he anything. If you go. He had a bad year last year. But when you're looking at where they're going, he's going one way and Rodgers is going the other way. Yeah, so listen. No, night. stop Come it. On. I'm not doing that. He's been to one AFC championship game. That's his resume. I, I'm not putting him ahead of Aaron Rodgers. I'm sorry. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not doing that. You got to see, though. You got to see, though, Matai, seriously. And I know, like, I'm telling you, like, I did the same thing with Dr. J. It was in the 80s. And Larry Bird came, and, and Larry Bird was busting Doc's behind. And I still kept believing that Doc was going to, you know, surpass Bird. He, you know, he was the man, and it just happened. You know, bro, it just happens just like that. Some of that stuff was injury last year, but his skills have diminished. And you, you come on, you, you have to admit that he has been – not, listen, you can't be getting outplayed by Jimmy Garoppolo. No, that's it. But, but see, here's the Come thing, Buda. Here's the thing, and why I take you, you take umbrage. I take umbrage because we've had conversations before, and I came on here and said, biased aside, hey, you know how much I love Rodgers, biased aside, that game is on him. You can't you can't score 10 points at home against the night. I don't care how good their defense is. You're not you, you shouldn't lose that game. That is on him. The game against the Bucks and the championship game. Some of that is on the floor. I don't know why you're kicking a field goal down 8 and you know in, in the red zone, but Rodgers has to take has to take some of it. Has to wear some of that. I mean, but the loss to the Falcons, the loss to the Cardinals, the loss to the Seahawks, I'm not putting that on Rodgers. Like, we saw how those games went. Has he fallen short of expectation? Absolutely. 
But is he giving the Jets the best quarterback play they've had since God knows when? Come on, it's not even a question. Yes, but but listen, even when he was well in his youth and in his prime, he also got outplayed by Kaepernick twice in the playoffs too, bro. Don't forget that. No, I, I listen, I, I, I'm not forgetting that. I'm telling you, he has fallen short of expectations. He has, and I'm not going to deny that. But... I'm looking at it from the standpoint of, yo, through 11 games last year, and you thought it was fool's gold, but you're, you're allowed to think that. They were 7-4 and four with no quarterback. With no quarterback. So if I get Rodgers on this team, even a diminished version of him that gave you 26 touchdowns to 12 interceptions last year, can I, can I get into the playoffs and possibly make some noise? You're damn right I can. Last question I'm going to ask you, and I'll let you quick me off. Last question I'll ask you, and, and this is a part of it, too, for me. And this is what I'm talking about with the Jets. Like, when you were talking about with the guy with Joe Douglas, listen, it's not just that he missed on Zach Wilson. No, listen, that 2019 draft was horrible, too. There's a lot of stuff that with the Jets that have me uncertain. But I'm going to tell you another component that really has me uncertain, bro, and, and you can't tell me that you haven't thought about this once or twice. You know, like Rob Sala, is he a defensive coordinator or is he a head coach? Well, we're going to learn next year. It's a great question, and don't tell me he's an equipment manager. That's disrespectful. But we saw him take the league's worst defense two years ago and had them as the top five defense last year. So he did make a dramatic improvement in what was his specialty. Left a lot to be desired on the offensive end, and he fired his offensive coordinator, so now you got Nathaniel Hackett in here. So we'll see what happens when you get an upgrade at quarterback as well. But next year absolutely is an audition. Robert Sala has to prove that he belongs in this league as a head coach. Joe Douglas has to prove that he belongs as the GM of this team. And I, I, th- I think we're going to learn a lot from next year. 800-919-3776. Back to your phone calls when we get back right here on 987 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. We're talking Jets. We go to New Jersey, and we chatted up with Kyle. What's up, Kyle? Hey, Kyle, how you doing? Kyle, you there? You there? Hey, what's up, Kyle? Yeah. All right. Hey, how are you? What was that? Did Bubba just call him? Was that Bubba? Buddha. Buddha, I'm sorry. Yo, I love that guy. I love his. I love his uh, his Jets fandom. But I, the, the hardest thing for me to get behind on that is that there's no way that you can ever hate on what Aaron Rodgers is going to bring to the Jets. I, I don't know why everyone isn't so damn excited that Aaron Rodgers is about to be a Jet. My my biggest thing is we played them last year. I think the score, uh, I think it was like 27-10 or something. I know Aaron Rodgers played in that game, and he felt that defense. He felt everything going on. And then you look at his receiving core. He has a, he has a rookie receiver in uh, Christian Watson, um, and, and he has Alan Lazard. And then he's looking across the field, and he's seeing someone, a stud of Garrett, Garrett Wilson. He's seeing two tight ends that aren't 38 years old that he's playing with. He's seeing a better O-line. He's feeling the defense. And then he's bring, and then, and then Buddha's bringing up uh, Colin Kaepernick outplayed him in two games. I, that is not – San Francisco's defense might have outplayed Aaron Rodgers. 
But when you compare both defenses, Packers to the 49ers, and every time he faced them, I understand it was at home. Aaron Rodgers was going up against the gauntlet. That is why San Francisco was playing in those games. It wasn't the offense that they had. It was because their defense brought them everywhere. Aaron Rodgers has never really had maybe there was the one year uh, when he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, two thousand ten. Legitimate defense. Two thousand ten. They had a great defense. I, I I'd also argue twenty twenty. The year they lost in the NFC Championship game to the Buccaneers, they had a phenomenal defense. Brady threw, I think, three picks in that game, and they just couldn't find a way to do it on offense. But to your point, and I appreciate the call, Kyle, uh, look, sometimes we go overboard with putting all of the failures of the Packers on him. And I've I've done it ad nauseum where I remember 2014, they lost the NFC Championship game to the Seahawks. Because of an onside kick. That had nothing to do with Rodgers. 2015, they lost to a better Arizona Cardinals team in overtime where he threw two Hail Marys to get the game to overtime and then never saw the ball after that. And In 2016, they got blown out by the Falcons. Their defense was horrendous. They had a fumble in the red zone. Never recovered from that. There are some losses you can point to, and you say that's on him. The game, the 2011 against the Giants... Uh, yeah, that that's on Rodgers. Uh, you you're 15 and one. You're the MVP. You got to find a way to beat the Giants. Yeah, I know they go on to win the Super Bowl, but you got to find a way to beat that Giants team. Uh, 2021 against uh, 2022 against the Niners. Uh, 2021 against the Niners can't put up 10 points in that game. You're uh, of offense. You got to find a way to to beat that Niners team. You were expected to do it. There there are playoff failures on his resume that absolutely are directly related to him. But I'm sorry, I can't be the fan of a team that has missed the playoffs 12 straight years, that have that has never seen my team not just win a Super Bowl, but compete in a Super Bowl and decide that Aaron Rodgers, yeah, I'm too good for you. I'm sorry, that can't be me. I, I am trying my best to watch this team finally break this curse. Because it's gone on for way too long. It's been head coach after head coach, GM after GM, quarterback after quarterback. Is he the perfect guy as far as, you know, being a teammate? Maybe he leaves some to be desired. Do we love that he's 39 and going to be flirting with retirement at the end of the season? No, we don't. But can we argue that if as soon as we acquire him, he's the single best talent we've ever had? No, we can't. And to me... That's all that matters right now. 800-919-3776. We wrap up the show when we get back right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. So LeBron at age 38 just dropped 37, 5, and 6 in a win in overtime over the Jazz. The Lakers right now in pretty good position to avoid the play-in. The Warriors down six at home against Thunder. What does that mean? If that score holds and then the Lakers beat the Clippers tomorrow, all of a sudden Los Angeles, the Lakers that is, uh, would be the fifth seed. LeBron James. We could be getting a uh, Kevin Durant versus LeBron James matchup in, in the playoffs, and it would be the first time they've actually stepped on the court together since 2018. You believe it's been five years since we had KD versus LeBron, and we could get it for the first time in five years in the postseason. So the the, the run and, you know, 
sprint to the finish line for all these teams in the NBA. It is a sight to behold. The playing tournament has made it things so much more interesting. At first, I might have been opposed to it. I'm thinking, why are we messing with the with the format? It's it's good the way it is, but since then, I, I've come to to enjoy it. Lakers win, uh, Nets lose, and because they lost, it means the Knicks have clinched the the number five seed in the Eastern Conference. The Sixers beat the Celtics which means the Cavs have clinched the number four seed in the Eastern Conference. So we're locked into four or five Knicks-Cavs in the first round. And that is storylines galore. Donovan Mitchell was almost a Nick, and, and, and it just didn't happen. The Knicks decided they didn't want to part with R.J. Barrett, which is something that is not aging well at all. R.J. Barrett... The, the the decision to not trade him and then the decision to give him that long-term contract, two things that are not aging well at all. You should have gone out there and got Donovan Mitchell, but, you know, it didn't happen, which creates a lot of intrigue for that first-round matchup. And I know Nick fans are going to be kicking themselves if Donovan Mitchell knocks them out of the playoffs. So I'm excited for that, excited for the entirety of the playoffs on both the Eastern Conference and the West. The East... Would I I would I would venture to say Milwaukee has to be the favorites because I think they would have won the title last year had Chris Middleton not gotten hurt. I know the the Celtics were amazing in their run. The Bucks lost in seven to them. I think if Middleton doesn't get hurt, they win the championship. So I would put them as the favorites. They have the pedigree. They've won. Giannis is arguably the best player in the NBA. The Celtics are right there with them, and then I think the Sixers are behind those guys. I'd go Milwaukee, Boston, that's the top tier, and then the Sixers. I know Joel Embiid probably put a stamp on his MVP MVP pursuit tonight because he was just absolutely fantastic in that win against the Celtics. Gave you 52 points in addition to... 13 rebounds, 6 assists, had the and one to you know give them the lead, a lead that, that, that they would never relinquish. So Embiid's been awesome, and maybe we're setting up for him to have that long, deep playoff run. He's had back-to-back finishes, second in the MVP, finally looks like he's going to break through. I just don't trust the Sixers. James Harden, never in a big spot, has shown up. Doc Rivers loves, loves blowing 3-1 leads in the playoffs. He is a head coach that, I mean, the, the the difference between him in the regular season and in the playoffs is as big uh, as you, you'll ever see in, a, in a, a head coach who is, for the most part, respected. So I'm looking forward to the Eastern Conference playoff race. The Knicks, I saw someone say the Celtics don't want to see the Knicks in the second round. Listen, the Celtics are not losing sleep over watching the Knicks. Knicks are a really good team. I'm giving them a shot to beat the Cavaliers, but I think that's their ceiling. Getting to the second round, I, I don't think they have any shot at beating the best three teams. And out West, who's the favorite? Because you got the Nuggets. They're the one seed, but no one trusts them because they haven't shown or, or proven anything. The last time, though, they were fully healthy. They were in the Western Conference Finals, lost to the Lakers. You get Jamal Murray back. Michael Porter Jr., along with Jokic, who's going to finish the season averaging uh, a, a triple-double. 
but it doesn't feel like anyone trusts them. Memphis had a load of issues. <laughs> John Morant, you know, he he was in the news for all, all the wrong reasons, and now they lose Brandon Clark, uh, a, a good rim protector, rim runner for them, and that's a pretty significant injury. You lose him for the rest of the season. So we see how that's going to affect them. The Kings as a three seed, great story, no playoff experience. No playoff experience. Phoenix, probably the favorites, but, you know, you are, you're always going to be concerned about Kevin Durant and Chris Paul getting hurt. Chris Paul is hurt every year in the playoffs, and Kevin Durant, since the Achilles injury, just hasn't been able to stay on the, uh, stay on the court consistently. So I, I, would, I would say that the Suns, if healthy, have to be the favorites. But then lurking, lo and behold, the more things change, the more they stay the same, LeBron and the Lakers, because they're finally healthy again. And they've got a roster with shooting and defense. And we know the last time both LeBron and AD were both healthy for an entirety of the playoffs, they won a championship. So you can't count them out. The Warriors... They're defending champions, so you gotta show them respect. But I mean, nine and what nine and thirty on the road. Defensively, they're a mess. You give them a shot. You you give them a shot because of Steph Curry, and you, and you trust him, and he's someone that puts fear in the in the heart of the opposing team. And they're gonna get Andrew Wiggins back, which is huge for them because he was the second best player for them in the finals. He's he is a game changer on both ends, and what he is what he's able to do for them, what they unlocked with him last year, you can't count them out because him coming back completely changes things. But the Western Conference is wide open. Let's go to Michigan. We talked to Craig. What's up? What's up, Craig? Well, I just want to throw in a, another thought about the Jets that maybe a lot of people are overlooking. An afterthought, like Corey Davis. This is a guy that caught 980-plus yards from Tannehill, 890-plus yards from Marcus Mariota, um, a top-10 pick, number seven overall, wide receiver. And you're looking at Rodgers, who until last year had never thrown to a first-round pick in his career. Sammy Watkins, that was his first first-round pick ever. So while there's Garrett Wilson and Lazard and all these other guys, I think Corey Davis, when you're looking at what his production has been with a lot lesser talent throwing to him, his potential is through the roof, and I think a lot of people are going to overlook that until the season starts and they this, they see this guy making all kinds of plays. Yeah, Corey Davis can't stay on the field, Craig. He can't well, stay he on might, the field. He, he might stay on the field if he's got a better guy throwing to him. Yeah, and the I problem mean, with him, it's it, it. The problem with him is the wide receiver room is too packed. It, it's gonna it's gonna behoove the Jets to cut him and save money. Because when you've got Lazard, you've got Garrett Wilson, you've got, you know, Miko Hardman, and maybe Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be added to the mix. That's all you need really right there. And maybe you'll grab a receiver later in the draft. Corey, Corey, Davis, uh, Corey Davis, because of his inability to stay on the field and a lack of consistency, and I appreciate the call, Craig, I, I think this is going to be a cap casualty. Oh, or maybe he will somehow be involved in the Aaron Rodgers trade. Who knows? I, I, from all reports, it looks like he might be cut. I, I would be shocked if Corey Davis is on this team next year. Absolutely shocked. I love the way he's on the field, but he just can't stay there. He can't stay healthy. He can't stay healthy. That'll do it for us, though. 
That'll do it for us. It was it was fun being back on the air for the first time in like a month. Came back Sunday, did the show last night for Larry and Gordon, and was back tonight. Had a great time. Thank you to Julian. Thank you to Harvey for putting together a phenomenal show behind the scenes. Listen, I'm waiting for this Aaron Rodgers thing to happen so we can stop talking about it and previewing it and we can get ahead and, and look look forward to the draft. I don't think the Jets are giving up that 13th overall pick, but you know, second rounders, future conditional picks, that's probably what's going to happen. But I'm looking forward to for you know for this to be done already so we can stop talking about it and actually get into roster building. So maybe that'll happen at some point before the next time I'm on the air. Knicks-Cavs, that's going to be a fun matchup. NBA playoffs, it's my favorite time of the year. So I'm hoping I can be on these airwaves talking about it and, you know, giving you guys, kicking some knowledge. Thank you to the crew. Thank you to the callers. Hit me up on Twitter, Ty D. Butler. Signing off. Freddie and Fitz coming up next right here on 9870 ESPN. Germany has parking spots for just women? This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.